up, you guys? It's Carly. And it's Arlie, and welcome back to another episode of Growing Pains. This week, we are joined by a very special guest, the founder and creative director of Lish Creative, Alicia Cohen. Welcome to the pod. (laughs) Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course, we're so happy. I remember, I don't know, maybe it was all of like two weeks ago, but I texted Arlie and I was like, I just commented on her TikTok. I hope (laughs) she sees it and responds. And And then I kept getting updates and she's like, she responded. I'm emailing her. It was so exciting. So we're so excited. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my goodness. Um, Yeah, Car, go for it. Okay. Um, Obviously, we've been watching your TikTok, so we know a lot about what you do, but I would love if you could just give everyone a brief introduction of yourself. Who are you? What is your business? What do you do? Sure. So my name is Alicia Cohen. I'm the founder and creative director of Lish Creative, where we create vibrant photos and stop motions for beauty, lifestyle, food, beverage brands, lots of fun stuff. Some of our clients include Dunkin', Nickelodeon, Delta Airlines, Seagram's Alcohol, Cupcake Wine, lots of really fun stuff and uh, known for kind of like a colorful, clean aesthetic. Love that. Yeah. And that definitely comes, we'll plug your TikTok again at the end, but that (laughs) for sure comes off on your TikToks. That's why I started following you. I was like, oh my gosh, this page is incredible. And Arlie knows my like favorite spot is like the color coordinated section of party city or the dollar store with all of like the, and I was like, that's, that's your page. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I love that section too. Yeah. Spot for props. (laughs) Exactly. So diving in, I think we really just want to start with kind of hearing how this all came about. What is your story? Like starting from the very beginning, like college, undergrad, starting there, you know, what was your major? What did you do in school? And then we'll kind of take it away from there. Sure. So I went to Virginia Tech. I studied marketing there with a minor in leadership and social change, which sounds really (laughs) fancy, but it was just so that I could live in this better dorm. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I did that. I did that. It was called a a living learning community and I lived in a leadership living. Yeah, exactly. And I had a room in a residence hall. Oh my gosh. Okay. Incredible. Same thing, but at Virginia Tech, it must be like a common thing. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But it really was a a cool place to live. And I ended up like, I'm still friends with a bunch of my roommates there Mm -hmm. and stuff. So it really did set me up nicely to (laughs) get involved on campus and things like that. Um, But I, even though I majored in marketing, I always wanted something to do something creative. I wanted to work in advertising. I wanted to be like a creative director at an advertising agency. I think like, Ideally, I probably would have majored in art or something like that or photography, but I'm kind of too practical for that. And I was like, well, a business degree is so much more versatile. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to get that and then, you know, go from there. So I did that and um, I was very involved on campus. I was involved in residence life. I did like social media for some different organizations on Mm -hmm. campus And when I was a junior, I studied abroad as part of one of Virginia Tech's programs. And I got an internship right after that for a small branding agency in Pittsburgh. They they didn't take a lot of interns. For some reason, they gave me a chance. It was unpaid. (laughs) Are there still a lot of unpaid interns out there? Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So it was unpaid. I don't even think it was for credit. I think now you have to at least have it be for credit or something but it wasn't even for credit it was just like me showing up every day working for Mm -hmm. free um but you know I think if you're in that position or if you're somebody wondering if they should take an unpaid internship it really can pay off Mm -hmm. um I kind of just threw everything at it like I stayed late offered to do things even when I wasn't asked because a lot of times interns like they don't know what to give them it's like Mm -hmm. what do we have them do they just kind of sit around like if especially if it's a small company there's not like really a lot of direction there so I just kind of took it upon myself like hey do you want me to try like writing this how about like coming up with a strategy here and they were like uh okay and I just like started (laughs) writing scripts and started writing blogs and then I was like writing full campaigns and they made me a copywriter Mm -hmm. freelance and I continued that in my senior year of college 
um, I was freelancing from Virginia Tech for that same company while I was working there until I graduated early. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a similar experience after my freshman year of college. I mm-hmm. interned at a very small um, like digital marketing agency in our hometown. It was unpaid, not for credit, like literally came in. They had, they didn't have interns regularly. So they like did not know what to do with me. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and on the biggest thing, it, I did learn some like very basic skills that I hadn't learned freshman year of college, but the biggest thing I learned was what I wanted in an internship or out of an internship the following summer. Mm. And I ended up applying to like strictly internship programs at large places that had interns come in every single summer. Oh, okay. And that's where I was like, oh, this is great. I'm learning. They have interns. It's paid. Like, (laughs) this is great. Because Arlie knows I was working like 12 jobs that summer and made maybe at the end of the summer, like $400 if we're lucky. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But that's, that's incredible that you kind of had that whole transformation from being an unpaid intern to freelancing and getting to know what you want to do. Yeah. And like that was during your senior year. So you were still in college, like you were still doing the full-time student, you're freelancing, you're also involved in some things on campus. Like how was that kind of managing all of that? Like you kind of mentioned you were working crazy hours, like how crazy, like how crazy were they? I feel like I was just really determined to like start my career so I didn't really care at that point like it'd be like oh like let's go to the football game and I'd be like I can't like I have to write a brochure Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like or like I have to write a web I have to write website copy like I can't Mm -hmm. um so it was really just kind of prioritizing work above everything else even though it was my last semester of college because I graduated Mm -hmm. early um, again, it was just like, I was right. Re- I was ready and rearing to go. That's yeah, right. <laughs> the only way I can describe it. I definitely worked longer hours once I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So, um, while you were in school, so you were marketing, you said like, you were very practical. Like you were like, I should have maybe majored in art or something. So when you started doing this work in freelancing, were you like, Oh, like, this is something I want to do. Like for sure. Was it kind of something like when you went into college, you were like, this is kind of the end goal. Um, but how to get there, not really sure. And then it all kind of worked out or were you kind of figuring it out as you went along basically? I was definitely figuring it out as I went along. Like I knew I wanted to be on the creative side of advertising and that's Mm -hmm. why I picked marketing because I felt like it was the most creative aspect of business that you can get like you know it's not accounting it's not finance like (laughs) Mm -hmm. definitely knew I didn't want to do that after taking those classes (laughs) yeah um but it was something that like allows you to be a little bit creative with like different campaigns and of course I like watched Mad Men which was like Mm -hmm. actually like live at the time (laughs) not just on Netflix (laughs) and um it kind of just I loved that idea of appealing to people like through Mm -hmm. marketing campaigns. And so when I got the internship, like it was the industry that I wanted to do. And I was just like excited for any opportunity and Mm -hmm. I was a good writer. Um, So I was like, Oh, I'll just like be a copywriter. That's Mm -hmm. perfect. Um, But then like, as I kind of went on, I realized I wanted to be a little bit more than a copywriter and, you know, it still involves a lot of writing. Like for Mm -hmm. instance, every TikTok voiceover Mm -hmm. needs a script um so it's funny I'm like bringing back my copywriter days of like Mm -hmm. trying to come up with a hook and like a catchy script now doing TikTok but yeah I I definitely liked more of the visual side of that which I didn't really stumble upon until I started using Instagram Mm -hmm. wow yeah that's so interesting and going off of um, that, how did you, you said you graduated early. So I don't know if you stayed in your college town, but how did kind of post-grad look in the very beginning for you? Yeah. So I moved back home. I applied to more than 200 jobs. I had like over 40 interviews. Mm -hmm. I was offered a few, um, positions that ended up turning down. I was looking for some somewhere, like I really wanted to be in an agency setting and I wanted to be creative, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. want just like a sales job or like something in paid ads. I didn't want to be like an account executive, mm-hmm. um, which are all fine things. But I knew like, if I want to be a creative director, like I need to do something creative. Mm-hmm. And I did, I wasn't like totally into social medias at that time as much as I 
was a little bit later on, which we'll talk about. Um, but I thought that would be a good place to start. So I ended up taking a job at a small agency in Pittsburgh as a social media strategist, I think okay. the title was. <laughs> and I was basically, <laughs> and this will happen, like I, this may have already happened to you guys already with internships and stuff. There are a lot of times when you'll be in an interview and it'll sound absolutely amazing. And then you start yeah. and it's nothing like you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a prime example of that. Um, you know, I was promised that I would get to work on all these different accounts and like have a hand <laughs> in the creative and all this stuff. And really like social media strategist just meant answering people's comments on Facebook and responding to emails and like scheduling meetings. Mm-hmm. Like it was not great. My boss was not very nice. That's all we'll say about that. Mm-hmm. We'll um, leave it there. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and there was like a whole creative team at this agency, but I wasn't on that creative team. So that was kind of hard, a hard pill for me to swallow because I was like, wait a second. I thought like I was going to be the one mm-hmm. coming up with these captions and these photos and stuff like that. But no, it's like if I needed a caption, they were like, oh, go ask the copywriting interns. And I was like, yeah. I can write this. <laughs> yeah. Like, wh- right. why am I just scheduling the meetings? Um, so that was really frustrating to me. Um, and I ended up only working on this one account. It was actually so strange. It was for Freeze Pops. Interesting. Yeah. And so people would comment on Facebook being like, I cut my lip on the Freeze Pop <laughs> plastic. What do I do? Or I found a bug in my Freeze Pop. No and I'm just like... I'm just like this 22 year old. I've mm-hmm. never even spoken to anybody at this company. It was like through it all. It was like a third party managing it. It was just like so strange and weird setup. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do. My boss is like telling me, figure it out. It's just like That's stressful. So and eventually right. they let that client, the freeze pop client dropped the agency that I was mm-hmm. working for. Oh. And so after only four months, they were like, okay, well, we don't like have a job for you anymore. Oh, geez. So after all of that, like applying after to all those places, like dealing really, with that like, boss, <laughs> trying to like pick the right one for mm-hmm. us. And they were like, we can move you into account management for a healthcare brand mm-hmm. or you can be laid off. And I said, peace. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm not working in account yeah. management healthcare brand you know and I mean I I will say like I was lucky I was still living at my parents house so Mm -hmm. I had like that support behind me and was able to not like take the risk of being unemployed Mm -hmm. at that time um but yeah that's how that first job ended wow (laughs) oh my gosh no when you were talking about applying to 40 jobs I literally looked right at Carly because that that is Carly at the moment because she graduated. Yeah. And I just like pictured Carly's like, she has like an Excel sheet. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. no, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, just constant. It's just really, it's just no's right now. It's just like putting in all of these no's. And yeah, but I'm going through that literally right now of just applying, applying, applying. And yeah, yeah, I mean, if you, if you can afford to not settle, then I would say don't settle because yeah. I know a lot of people out of school that took like sales jobs mm-hmm. or like, you know, things with insurance companies and stuff. And like, that's what they're still doing a lot. Yeah. Like that first job really affects the trajectory of your career mm-hmm. more yeah. than like, I think I even realized. I mean, I knew that it would affect it, mm-hmm. but now like year a couple years a few years later uh, I always like feel like I'm still in college and then I'm like oh my gosh like I graduated college I graduated seven years ago I'm old you know (laughs) um but yeah so it definitely that first few jobs it yeah means more than anything yeah which is why I'm like so adamant like I had um no offense to Oracle if they're listening to this, but they reached out to me and it was like a recruiter and we, Arlie and I both watch a YouTuber. I don't know if you've heard of Brooke Michio, but she worked for Oracle in a sales position. Um, And she's like 
like very, like she detailed her entire experience there. And so I knew what I, they were trying to hire me for. And I was like, absolutely not. I don't yeah. care. Like it, I knew it was going to be like a safe position. Like it's a two year program. I was like, no, I can't. Like she detailed it. I'm just like her. I'm not doing that. So just trying to make it work out here. <laughs> time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. But so after. Yes, it's a grind yeah. for sure. So after that first job, four months in, you're gone. Where did you go? What did you do? Well, did you- I was still freelancing. So I okay. was still freelancing for that original agency that I had interned with. Okay. Um, they didn't have enough business to make me mm-hmm. full time there ever. And, you know, you'll find that a lot in advertising. Mm-hmm. So I was always just kind of a contractor working, I don't know, maybe like 10 to 30 hours a week for them, mm-hmm. which wasn't bad. And it was a nice cushion. So I wasn't like totally unemployed, you know. Yeah, right. um, and at that time, I kind of like thought about maybe trying to just do more freelance stuff. I think, you know, I would do projects for friends and family members, like write someone's website or put together mm-hmm. a Squarespace website for somebody, things like that always like something on the side. And then I was at the dentist one day and was telling, it was funny. I lost my, I was going to lose my dental insurance or something Mm -hmm. because I had lost my job. And so my mom was like, Oh, I have this appointment for myself. You Mm -hmm. just go take it and do it before you lose your dental. insurance." (laughs) So I was like, okay. So I went to the dentist like literally a week or two after I had, um, been laid off Mm -hmm. and I was talking to my dentist and I was like yeah I really want to work in advertising and she was like oh my nephew works in advertising in Pittsburgh I would love to like connect you guys Mm -hmm. and see if anything happens from that so I like met him for coffee super nice guy he works at this small agency and kind of just like kept in touch with him and like a few months later they ended up having an opening Mm -hmm. and I interviewed and I got the job and all this time I should have mentioned this earlier I was also like when I graduated one of the things that I did was I was posting on Instagram and like Mm -hmm. selling prints on Etsy and I think that was like the main reason why I got the job with the first agency and it was Mm -hmm. definitely why they hired me at the second agency they looked at my Instagram and they were like Mm -hmm. oh this is so cool like that you're taking all these pictures and doing this stuff and it was really Mm -hmm. just like me on my iPhone taking pictures of sprinkles and like things Mm -hmm. that I thought were colorful. Um, But they liked that I knew a lot about Instagram because at that time it was still like pretty new. And that's why they hired me there. And I was a creative strategist. Okay. (laughs) And again, you get to that. (laughs) When you get there, it's not quite what you think it is. Mm -hmm. But I, I ended up staying there for, I think it was a year and a half. It was, a very strange setup it the founder of the company like did a lot of the work and then a lot like everybody else that worked there just kind of like sat around a lot of the time Mm -hmm. but then like when there was a project it would be like working crazy you know we'd be like shooting Mm -hmm. overnight and stuff Mm -hmm. so they they mainly did like production for like coca-cola dolby really big brands Mm -hmm. um so i had opportunity to fly out to san francisco but it was kind Mm -hmm. of like oh like get on this call, but don't say anything. That's what my boss would tell me. <laughs> like, oh, no. Good. I want you on this conference call, but don't speak, basically. So I was just kind oh of like gosh. an accessory, I felt mm-hmm. like in a lot of ways. I mean, there was a lot that I did. Like I ended up being like the prop stylist, the wardrobe stylist. Um, because it was such a small agency, they mm-hmm. like I just kind of jumped in and did all this stuff. And that's where I learned a lot of the prop styling, wardrobe styling, food styling, like they had me doing everything. And then I was also like arranging catering for people and Mm -hmm. scheduling meetings and doing returns. And like, it was all over the place. But looking back, that wasn't such a bad thing because owning your business, you really are all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I do a lot of that same stuff now on a smaller scale. Like, you know, those were half a million dollar commercials Mm -hmm. that we were producing. So I'm not doing anything on that you know they were like flying directors in from LA and stuff like that so it was it was like pretty big productions that they were doing Um, but it definitely taught me a lot (laughs) about the business and even just with like pitching and putting concepts together and proposals and that kind of thing nothing Mm -hmm. that I had 
known before. Um, but all like the whole time I was there, I was still posting on Instagram. So I was mm-hmm. still building that up. I was still doing the freelance work for the branding agency. I was mm-hmm. still like doing social media management here and there for people. And eventually brands started reaching out to me on Instagram being like, Hey, can you take our photos? Which, wow. like I said, I was a copywriter. I was doing social media management for people building websites here or there. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really expect to be a photographer. Like I wasn't setting out to be a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, but when people asked me, I just found out a way and said, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So how did you make the transition from, you said you were at the second place for about a year and a half. Um, how did you make the transition out to LA? And also what were you thinking as like these brands were reaching out to you? Like, I know you just said like you didn't set out to be a photographer. So how kind yeah, of did you adapt was, to that? I was like very intimidated and overwhelmed and like mm-hmm. had a lot of imposter syndrome at the, at the beginning because I was like, I'm not a photographer. Like mm-hmm. I cannot take on these jobs and stuff. And yeah. while I was still at my job, like Dunkin' Donuts reached out to me. Wow. I did like some Incredible. photography um it was kind of like an influencer they were really tapping micro influencers at the time Mm -hmm. so they'd get these people like I think I had under 10,000 followers on Instagram but they would like find Instagram accounts that they thought were really cool and colorful and fun and Mm -hmm. they'd like have them have the influencers take the photos for them so that was kind of like the first wow wave of that as we all know that's like huge now but that wasn't really a big thing then and so I did that and it kind of like snowballed and eventually like I was having to turn people down because mm-hmm. of my nine to five or I was like rushing out in the morning before work trying mm-hmm. to like get the shot mm-hmm. and I mean I worked every night until I fell asleep at my desk I worked every weekend morning to night like I was on Instagram my entire commute which was an hour each way on a train so I was like <laughs> on Instagram that whole time and um eventually when I had to start turning away work because Mm -hmm. of my nine to five, that's when I was like, okay, it's time to leave. Mm -hmm. I like, I have enough work. I had some retainer clients at that time. So those were clients that were paying me monthly Mm -hmm. for like social media photos and stuff like that. So that's why I felt more comfortable. And so I just was still living at my parents' house, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like when I quit and for a few months and then I moved to LA that fall so it was probably about like six months later I moved into a studio there and it -hmm. it felt really scary like I Mm -hmm. remember not even being sure if they would rent it to me because Mm -hmm. I was self-employed and I like showed them my bank account and I was like look like there's money in here like (laughs) I actually had to like print it out and be like look this is how much I have in my account like I can afford your apartment Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Um, you moved to LA not because of a specific job but because of like all of these freelance and these companies reaching out to you well I moved to LA because my then boyfriend okay medical school there gotcha now my husband but um he was in medical school there I had already been flying to visit him like once a month okay I'd stay for like a week here I would whenever I was working like it was kind of harder to get out there and honestly like that was kind of a motivation to leave too like Mm -hmm. they said there was an unlimited vacation policy and Mm -hmm. then every time and I wasn't like trying to do anything crazy I'd I'd try to take like a three-day weekend Mm -hmm. and fly out there and they'd be like oh well we want you to go to Atlanta for Coca-Cola that weekend I'm like "Mm -hmm." bye like (laughs) I was like pretty over it at that point um so that was like another thing so like between him being out there and then like having these inquiries it was kind of like the perfect storm where Mm -hmm. I need to just do this and try this so that's why I ended up moving out there and then it was kind of like being there led to a lot more opportunities Mm -hmm. that I probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't have gotten otherwise yeah Yeah. it really like sounds like it all worked out like kind of perfectly Mm -hmm perfect timing wise, like as your business is kind of starting taking off, you had the opportunity to go be with your, then your husband now. And like, then because you were there, you got all of these new clients too. And like, we're really able to 
I guess, start your business? Is that when you really started to solidify like what you wanted your business to be? Yeah. Point? I mean, when I left my job, which it was five years ago this month, actually, it's wow. my five-year <gasps> business anniversary. <Yay>. Um, <laughs> yeah. When I left then, I, I think I was definitely offering like more services than I do now. Mm-hmm. Like I was offering um, social media management. I was offering copywriting and photos. Okay. Or just right. photos at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know much about video then. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it kind of like evolved, you know, mm-hmm. as I learned more and I decided to like niche down a little bit. And you also learn like what people are asking you for, you know, mm-hmm. like when you realize nobody's coming to me for copywriting anymore, well then like, probably should, don't need to offer that and right. be more narrow. And really like 90% of my business was all from Instagram and just mm-hmm. building up a following there. I think when I left my job, I had about 10,000 followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I really had just like worked to build it. And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm talking like five hours a day spent mm-hmm. connecting with people, networking with people, commenting on brands page, commenting on other influencers page. Mm-hmm. I had a few meetups in LA for influencers, which at the time, like that wasn't a thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> now there's always influencer meetups that you're right. like invited to by brands and it, oh, well, not now because of COVID, but mm-hmm. before, like at that time, like, I had never met any of these people that I was connecting with on the internet. So I hosted a couple of those. I think that was even before I left my job. I don't know. I was just, (laughs) I think the point is that being really involved in social media and like building Mm -hmm. a community on social media can be so beneficial, not only in getting a job, like the reason why I got two jobs, but also in getting clients and like just furthering your career in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that's honestly what we are working on right now. Um, we just really launched at the end of August and we actually, we just had a phone call the other day with, I don't even know how you would describe the people we were talking to. It was, um, <laughs> it was I, I don't know. It was, yeah. But um, we were talking to them about um, just engagement and all of that stuff. And that's just what we're throwing ourselves into right now. Um and for both, re- I mean, we started this because we love, like, we love podcasting and we're having a lot of fun and it's purely out of enjoyment. But then we kind of divided up our roles and said, hey, like, we could really make this something if we keep going at it. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And it becomes like a case study, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. especially like going into advertising for you, Carly, it's mm-hmm. like, I started this you know, you can say I built a listening listeners to this amount, like, mm-hmm. you know, be right. I'm sure you know, that you can really sh- like, if you can do this for yourself out of nothing, you can mm-hmm. totally work for other brands and transform them on social or yeah. podcasting or whatever it is. And that was like, really my motivation for getting on, on Instagram in the first place was mm-hmm. just like to help my chances in getting a job. Yeah. And then it just like took a life of its own. It's yeah. Crazy. yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. I'm just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so, it's wild, because Arlie knows I deleted my personal Instagram, and have had so many interviews since then, where people are like, like, what's your Instagram, or whatever, and I have to keep telling them, like, oh, I don't have a personal one, blah, 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 but now I'm sharing our podcast's Instagram, and, like, just promoting that, and, yeah, it's just, but it, social media is so important, and, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I think a lot of people overlook it, right? Or it's just like a place where I'm going for fun. But Mm -hmm. like, how can you leverage it? You know, like- Use it to your advantage. Yeah. You can be anyone you want to be on the internet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is true. It's true. (laughs) And so if you want to position your, it's all all about how you position yourself too. Like really early on when I started the business, like, do you think I talked about any other clients that weren't Duncan or some of those bigger ones? Like, did I talk about the tiny little websites I was building or mm-hmm. like the friends uh, brochure that I wrote? No, mm-hmm. I didn't talk <laughs> yeah. about any of that. Like I right. only showed those like big flashy names and mm-hmm. I even was able to get some press for myself early on. And that stuff, the way you position yourself makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was also curious about, you know, it was a one woman show for a while, like, do you have employees now? Like now that it's kind of grown and become this huge successful thing, like, 
did you have to now have employees of your own and like how does yeah, that yeah like? so in 2018 I want to say maybe before that I was like hiring a lot of contractors and I actually mm -hmm. still only exclusively work with contractors so okay. I don't have any full-time employees other than myself mm -hmm. okay um because of the nature of the business and because like I'm always doing so many different things mm -hmm. that it was really hard. It's hard to find like one person to do everything that you need. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not impossible, mm -hmm. but I've found that I like to kind of just tap certain people for certain things. So for instance, like I did have like some hands-on assistants that were helping me like in California. And even when we moved here, um, but now with COVID, you know, you can't yeah. really have anybody in person or if we do, it's just like not really worth it to me because it's in my house. My husband's in healthcare. It's just mm -hmm. like, right. it's not working out right now, <laughs> but I do have a, lo a lot of remote team members. So for instance, like I have three to four photo editor and retouchers that I use that they like edit all the photos and the videos. I have a copywriter that writes all my blog posts. I have a mm -hmm. virtual assistant that schedules all the blog posts and puts together the newsletter. I have, I had a Pinterest manager for a while. I have a graphic designer helping me right now. So, you know, I kind of pull in people to do these things that need done. Yeah. <laughs> and if I were to get like a couple giant projects all at the same time, then I'd probably find some people locally to mm -hmm. then grab them and help. So in any given year, like I'm working with anywhere between like 20 and 50 different independent contractors. Wow. Um, which is a lot to manage, but I have a yeah. good account. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, you also mentioned that Duncan reached out to you early on. Um, what were some of the other like first kind of larger companies that were reaching out to you and what was your reaction? Because I know like if Duncan reached out to Arlie and I, we would probably freak out because we go there yeah. too often. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I was like really shocked by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because you know, you're on like I was on Instagram, but at the same time, like I knew what I was doing, but also not. Cause like mm -hmm. I said, influencer stuff was so new at that time. Like they were just kind of dipping their toes in influencer work. Not a lot of brands were doing it like on Instagram. They were mm -hmm. using blogs as um, influencer platforms and stuff, but it wasn't really common to pay people on Instagram. So that was surprising. And then I joined this app called Popular Pays, which is still around now actually. Okay. And it's like a platform that facilitates partnerships between mm -hmm. Um, brands and influencers mm -hmm. and I think you only need like 5,000 followers or something like that to mm -hmm. qualify for some of these campaigns and you don't get paid a ton on those yeah. types of platforms and services but when you're trying to build a portfolio that's all you need right, mm -hmm. right. Um, you just need like some big names and it doesn't like it doesn't matter how much you get paid because yeah, it's all right. about like the long game you know, exactly. like I'm not advising people who are well into their careers to take unpaid work, but when you're just starting out, like mm -hmm. you have to be willing to do that. So I got like a campaign through Motorola that mm -hmm. way. They like sent me a new phone, which do they even make phones anymore? <laughs> I don't know. know. I don't think it so. Was, that was <laughs> phone. It was yes. a smartphone. I'm not that old. But, um, <laughs> I remember like they sent me the phone and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I think yeah. that was like the payment was the phone. That's so funny. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so cool. Like I got sent some watches and mm -hmm. like Daniel Wellington used yeah. to do so many uh, influencer gifting things. And mm -hmm. I remember like telling the people at work and everyone was like, that's so cool that you're getting free stuff. Yeah. You know? um, one of my, my dad is um, a patent attorney, but he was oh, working okay. for a technology company for like uh, most of his career. But one of the first like memories I have of him bringing home something was the original Game Boy. 
<laughs> like there was literally only one game out That's for so it and he brought it home and we weren't even allowed to touch it my mom played it like she was playing the original <laughs> game boy i don't remember what she was playing but we were like oh my gosh that's the coolest thing ever like we didn't even get them for like another like 12 years probably but that's the first memory i have of like getting like gifting something crazy that's so funny yeah, yeah. and it was like a lot of it was just like product trade but mm-hmm. All of it was building my portfolio. All of it was showing like that, look, I can take photos. And like, looking back, it's totally cringy. Like Mm -hmm. those photos that I took were terrible, (laughs) but you have to start somewhere. And and at the time, like, I think the standards for Instagram were a lot lower back then. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) You know, everybody was like using those filters. And like, oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it was just different. It wasn't like, nothing was like professionally produced like it is now yeah um so that made it easier for someone like me to break in (laughs) wow yeah that's no it's true to see the I just was stalking Arlie's personal Instagram and I went back to like your very first photos and I know that you took them like with the Instagram like camera feature and edited them on Instagram and I was like it's so like and she you were breaking like 100 likes which at the time was like oh my gosh that's crazy and now it's like if you're not breaking like 500 likes like no one's looking at you so it's so interesting to see just the growth like over time is crazy but yeah and like as someone from the outside like like talking to Carly now hearing it like everything that you're saying it's so interesting to like because I am just someone who just goes on Instagram just to go on Instagram but like yeah and I know that in like I knew that Instagram was used for professional business opportunities of course I mean I see all of the influencers but it's so interesting to hear how like you can really like start building yourself building that foundation on you know a free social media app that was like nothing a couple years mm-hmm. ago you know like and seeing it as someone who just uses it like seeing that progression of like the professional photos or the influencer photos I'm just like what social media is just like blowing up and it's it's so interesting to see as like a consumer of that I don't know I'm just fascinated I'm fascinated by this world yeah (laughs) I mean you look at TikTok right now yeah Yeah. I just saw you like blow up from your last like I when I say I'm watching your videos constantly like I'll rewatch them but I saw the pancake video like broke like Two million or four million views. I don't remember. Over three million. Okay, views now. and then I saw someone comment and was like, "Oh, you just like you gained like fifty thousand followers overnight." And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like just watching that. I did. It yeah. was really hard to get any work done because every yeah. time you open your phone, it's like a thousand new followers, and you're That's like, "So funny! This is yeah. amazing!" You yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I've never seen any, any. I've never seen growth like that on any social platform ever in my life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure you guys know Instagram. I was like in it. I got big on there in its heyday. And honestly, like I have not grown on Instagram mm-hmm. in like three years. Like wow. I've stayed right around 50 K for three years. And I've seen that trend for a lot of other people that started using it around the time that I was used to mm-hmm. You know, it, there's not really any way for you to get discovered by new people on Instagram, unless mm-hmm. you're putting out really shareable content like memes or news um, quotes things like that those are the things that are doing really well on Instagram now or unless you're doing like tons of giveaways and being mentioned all the time Mm -hmm. TikTok you have a chance to be featured and shown Mm -hmm. to a wider audience every time you post right it's kind of like playing the lottery or maybe more like going to a casino where they like (laughs) occasionally reward you Mm -hmm. right with a little cash so that you keep going and keep posting like (laughs) that's like how it feels because I I really kind of wrote it off at first I like wasn't really going to use it for business I thought it was just like a lot of young people that wouldn't really be clients whatever and my friend convinced me to sign up for it's called the creative learning fund Mm -hmm. where TikTok actually pays you to produce 40 videos over eight weeks wow and I was like you know what I'll just try this like since I'm under contract it will give me the incentive to actually put the work in to do the mm-hmm. videos because it's so time consuming, as you guys know, to do all this social media mm-hmm. stuff. Like it's incredibly time consuming, especially like when I am trying to run a business by myself in a pandemic, like mm-hmm. it really took a lot for me to carve out time to do this. And I'm really glad that I did because yeah. it's been six weeks and I have over a hundred thousand followers now. 
It's only been six weeks. (laughs) That's crazy. Since being on TikTok consistently. Like I started my account like early last year, but I started posting every day in November. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I don't remember when I stumbled upon you, but it had to have been a colorful, all of your videos are colorful. I don't (laughs) even remember what it was, but I, I don't, I must've learned about, um, and we can get into this in the next question, but like about food and product photography. And it was just something, I don't even know what you, what the video was, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like, that's so interesting. I've learned about this before. I want to like watch someone do that. And um, Arlie briefly touched on it, but like we're in completely different worlds. Um, and I know Arlie visited me at my last internship and mm-hmm. like it, I was at a huge agency and she was walking around and she was like, what do you, what, I, what does everyone do here? Like, what are you doing? Why is there a ping pong table here? And I was like, yeah, that's just, that's that world. Game. Like, yeah. yeah. So it was Funny. so cool to see that on TikTok. And now just like all the time, I'm so amazed by the videos that you put out every day so it's well, so thanks. cool yeah <laughs> oh, it's incredible but um, kind of yeah yeah going into like the food photography stuff um one of the questions I think Carly you actually came up with this question because and I was like oh my gosh you're so right like what are some of like the tricks to food ph- photography like milk being glue or stuff like that like how does that work because I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Like I've seen a couple of videos of like syrup yeah. being like mm-hmm. some, like, I don't know what it is, but I was like, oh my one gosh, of my you're... favorite videos is the ice one where you were doing the comparison. I don't, I don't like, I don't know why it was just the coolest thing ever. I was like this. And I'm also like sending them to Arlie as if she's not seeing them herself. I'm like, Look at this. this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I've gone on, like, you know, from when I worked at that other agency and, and being out on my own, I've just like always been googling trying Mm -hmm. to find solutions to things because like when you're styling drinks for example Mm -hmm. like the ice that comes out of my fridge is really ugly right so it's like (laughs) how do photographers get pretty ice and Mm -hmm. it was definitely from googling that I found like fake ice so all the ice that you see in drinks and commercials and tv like it's all fake I yeah I saw one last night on tv I think it was like for dawn or something and I was like mm-hmm. that's fake guys yeah fake. you know <laughs> and isn't it so, I, I always find it interesting like once you know the trick and you see like I don't know the first time I learned about um product placement like for the next probably oh, right. five months whenever I'm watching something like with my parents I'm like did you know that's product placement like they're not actually <laughs> using an apple they paid them for that like, yeah, yeah exactly yeah you start to notice it more so it really was just me like really trying to figure out how to solve some of these problems that I was having, right? Like I would Mm -hmm. do a, like I had to do a cereal project and I knew about using glue or Mm -hmm. I use shaving cream instead of whipped cream, which I'll probably be doing a TikTok about soon. Mm -hmm. I, we all know the pancake video, I spray the pancakes with Scotch guard so that the syrup doesn't soak in. A lot of people said that they use motor oil instead of syrup. So I may do like a comparison video where I Mm -hmm. show what that looks like because people were, really invested in Hmm. (laughs) motor oil yeah um so yeah it's just like funny things that you learn from doing it Mm -hmm. but also like if if I went to school for this I'd probably know way more way earlier Mm -hmm. um but it's kind of like a trial and error type of thing and just finding solutions when I need to yeah And then going off of that, just because we're talking about some of this photography, what is like, what are some of your favorite things to create? Um, Stop motion. Do you like, do you like just taking product pictures? Um, Have, has like creating TikToks been your favorite thing? All of that. Well, I think stop motions can be really special. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are probably my favorite to create. And also just anything involving dessert, florals <laughs> yep. but like anything beauty office supplies like I love mm-hmm. office, working with office supplies beauty products um those are kind of my favorite things to shoot and work with I like I do like working with food a lot I do a lot with fruit and this past year has been tons of alcohol which is really mm-hmm. ironic because I don't really drink mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so I like literally have cases that's so funny upon cases of alcohol that just yeah. like sit here waiting for the next photo shoot which uh, is probably a good thing um, yeah could be dangerous for somebody with a bad habit I guess yeah. 
Um, and I've seen on TikTok like your workspace, um, which for me is a dream come true. I would literally love that. So how like when once this was all created and you started, you know, doing all of this, um, like has this been a dream come true? I know you said before we started like you're in Ohio, which isn't your favorite place, but like how have you been feeling through this whole process, especially recently with blowing up on TikTok? Yeah, I mean owning a business is hard Mm -hmm. so there are definitely good days and there are definitely bad days and I definitely work way more than I ever would if I worked for somebody else Mm -hmm. but that's kind of the beauty of being an entrepreneur when it's like on your terms on your schedule do I think that I'm going to be doing client work like this for my whole career no I I don't Mm -hmm. I don't think it's sustainable for me it's very Mm -hmm. stressful you know there's times where clients are unhappy. There's Mm -hmm. times where you're executing things that you think are ugly Mm -hmm. or that you don't think it's a very good idea, but they want you to do it anyway. So you have to do it. Like, you know, it's, there is creative freedom, but at the same time you are limited in some ways. So I don't think that it's something that I want to do forever. And I'd like, you know, to evolve. I like being in more of the education space. I've Mm -hmm. started teaching people how to do photography and stuff like that. So I really do enjoy that. And I like the idea of like licensing my artwork um, Mm -hmm. so that my photos are on packages and Mm -hmm. on products and stuff like that. That's kind of the direction that I I want to head into. But for right now, like it really, I do feel really lucky to have Mm -hmm. built something where, you know, I can have this convert my garage into a studio and Mm -hmm. just come in here and create things. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, you have the coolest job ever. Like you're just like playing with flowers all day. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, that's maybe like one day every yeah. day, right. you know, like there's a lot of accounting and bookkeeping and all taxes right. and things yeah. that go into being a small yeah. business owner. So it's not like super glamorous all the time, mm-hmm. but I do acknowledge that like, I would never want to work for anyone else ever again. Mm-hmm. And I am very lucky that I get to set my own schedule and take my right. dog on a walk when I want, ride my yeah. dog whenever I want. Like, yeah. um, and it, it is like, you know, the earning potential is much better than if you work for somebody else too. Mm-hmm. So that's been a nice benefit as well. So yeah, overall, I do know that I, I do feel very lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's what we're kind of going through with um, entering the job market and just like going through all of our desires and goals and just figuring that all out. But it's, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's good to put in your time and get the experience. You mm-hmm. know? Absolutely. But, like I wouldn't, if I went back, I wouldn't really change anything mm-hmm. other than maybe not taking that first job. I don't know, but it's hard to say. Cause like first job leads to the next yeah. job, which yeah. leads to the next job. So exactly. maybe I wouldn't change anything because I I'm pretty happy with where I am now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so just kind of like getting some takeaways, kind of heading towards the end of this episode, you know, what is like throughout your entire journey, you've, you know, there's been so many different experiences that you've like had to go through and like where you are now, you know, our podcast is called Growing Pain. So we always like to ask, you know, what has been like that biggest growing pain, I guess, that you've experienced through this process and what have you learned from it? Um, yeah, I think hiring is definitely a growing pain that I'm still experiencing, right? Because I am like a, a relatively small business compared to others. And so it's like, you need help, but you're not sure if you can afford the help or how long you'll be able to afford the help and stuff like that. So that's yeah. definitely like a growing pain. And that's why I think having contractors has given me a little more flexibility in that, but it's still growth is a problem and a blessing, right? Absolutely, so, yeah. and that's kind of what happens. Like you get a great opportunity. You just got to figure out how to adapt and find, pull in the people that you need, even if it's like in haste, yeah. <laughs> pull them in quickly, get the job done, move on, you know? So that's been something that's been tough to navigate, but the more I do it, the more comfortable I am with all this stuff. Yeah. Like I think one of the biggest things I'm taking away from everything that you've said is like, say yes to things, like Mm -hmm. always say yes. That's again, what Carly and I have been trying to do with this podcast is like, if we hear from someone or there's an opportunity that arises and we're like, I don't really know. We're just like, let's just do it. Like, let's just do it. Mm -hmm. And if all goes horrible, it's fine. Like we said, yes, but that you have no idea like where, 
any opportunity can possibly take you. So I think like, true. yeah, just say yes, especially like as, you know, we're going into, Carly and I are going into this post-grad life and I'm obviously in a different field than the both of you, but like, same for me, like I, you know, want to own my own um, private practice one day, but to get there, to own my own business, I need to do these same things, work for, you know, treatment centers and clinics and things like that. So it's always important, I think, say yes. I said, I always, I'm saying to my friend, 2021 is the year of yes for me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I like it. Shonda Rhimes has an entire book called the year of yes. Oh my gosh. I have to read um, it. I didn't even know that. Yeah. And Peloton is doing a whole series with Shonda Rhimes called Mm -hmm. the year of yes. And there's all these classes that are in that theme. So there you go. It is very, very trendy right now. Yeah. But Really, I mean, there were so many times that I was so overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. these things. And it's really just knowing where to find the answers and knowing how to figure it out is the most important thing. So I hired other people. I talked to other people. I was never afraid to ask for help. And I Mm -hmm. think that that is really key to saying yes to all these things. You also have to know when to ask for help, when you're, you have to know when you're in over your head. Right. and find the resources that you need. Like I ended up taking a couple classes in person to learn more mm-hmm. about lighting and having other photographers work for me because I didn't feel confident in my own skills at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, yeah. I'm on the other side of that now, but mm-hmm. reaching out for help all those times really mm-hmm. helped me continue to grow. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that was great. I mean, I'm inspired. I think Arlie's inspired (laughs) and I'm sure all of our listeners are extremely inspired. Um, So just before we wrap up, where can everybody find you on Instagram, TikTok, anywhere you can shout out anything? (laughs) Sure. So you can find me at lishcreative.com, lishcreative on TikTok. And there's a lishcreative Instagram, but my personal slash business account is alishylishy on Instagram. Uh, Incredible. And we will, we will have those in the uh, description, description below. So you guys can also check that out. Yes. But this was incredible. Thank you yes. so, so much for coming on and sharing your story and all of your advice and wisdom. We so, so appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Absolutely. So um, next week for all of our listeners out there next week, um, I'm going to be interviewing, not interviewing, we're going to basically just be having a discussion about study abroad. My friend Sarah and I studied abroad um, two years ago now in Rome. So we're going to just basically be talking about tips, tricks, places we went, things we did, how to keep a budget, all that stuff. So stay tuned um, for that. But until then, we hope you all have amazing weeks and we will see you in the next one. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.